back then we were uh, speaking with various ABM tools and all of these ABM tools, Terminus, Rollworks, Demandbase, have their own value propositions and they all say different things. Once we realized that it was the uh, number of web pages, I thought, okay, maybe we could create our own ABM machine in-house. You're listening to Paris Talks Marketing. My goal with this podcast is to dig deeper into digital marketing success than any other marketing podcast out there, to reveal the growth marketing strategies and tactics that are working today, empowering growth at amazing companies and organizations. Keep listening as I interview founders, CEOs, and marketing leaders from all around the world, primarily from companies in the tech and software as a service industries. Now, on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Paris Talks Marketing. Today, I'm with Kanberg Becker, and Kanberg is a reformed corporate lawyer, a born-again and a born-again startup person. He's worked with various companies and across all stages, and he's made an early exit in January 2021. He's currently the head of growth at DeepCrawl, and those of you who are into SEO, I'm sure you know what that tool does. He oversees all the demand gen activities at DeepCrawl. And today we're going to hear about a really innovative and a new approach, a non-traditional approach that Ken Berk was able to discover and exploit for acquisition marketing. So welcome to the show, Ken Berk. Hi, Paris. Thank you for having me. Sure. I would like to know more about what you call uh, UBM, which is URL-based marketing. I think that's a term that you invented. Can you tell us what is UBM? Yeah, sure. Actually, this strategy has been a game changer in deep crawl and every company has a sweet spot to grow. And sometimes we uh, don't find a sweet spot like maybe in years, maybe in like uh, five years. But to be fair, in deep crawl, we got lucky. What I realized when I first joined deep crawl was that deep crawl in deep crawl, they didn't have a demand generation person before and they were using external agencies to generate leads. And before I joined, our CMO actually joined like a couple of months ago. And when she joined, her uh, first idea was to change the whole marketing strategy from scratch. And uh, when I joined DeepCrawl, I saw that the idea was to generate uh, more leads. And to be fair, more is not always better. And the first thing was obviously to uh, set up campaigns to generate qualified enterprise leads. But the problem was actually nobody knew what was a qualified lead. So we have started speaking with the CST and they were mainly saying that they needed leads from North America with companies from like more than 500 employees and preferably more than 1 million revenue. But uh, this is classic. Like if you are targeting enterprise companies, all of the companies are basically targeting the same companies. So this was actually um, not enough. And we needed to find a pattern. And after we realized that we have started analyzing all the closed loss deals and closed one deals in the last three years. And Deep Crawl was in the business like for 10 years. So our sales force actually was a great uh, source of truth. And after analyzing all of these closed loss and closed uh, one deals, actually, we found a pattern. Apparently, all of the closed one deals had one thing in common, and it was not industry or employee size or location, but it was the number of web pages. And these companies had at least 10,000 URLs on their website. 
And when you think about it, actually, it would make so much sense because we are a technical SEO tool and the companies that will benefit from us the most would be the ones uh, with the most complicated websites. However, the problem was there was no tool in the market that would help us to uh, target or filter companies by the number of web pages. Uh, so we needed to find a solution. We need to hack that uh, thing. And so we have started looking for some possible solutions and found out that actually if you make a simple website query on Google, uh, Google gives you the number of index pages of a website. And we needed to find a way to scrap this data constantly from Google. So we team up with the development team and to be fair, our CTO did some wonders and he was able to create an automated Google sheet to run queries uh, when we add a new website URL on a Google sheet. All right. Hey, can I, I just wanted to test the new feature here, which is screen sharing here in our recording tool. Can you see my screen? Oh yeah. I know most people are going to be listening only in audio, audio only mode, but for those of you who are watching this video, I just wanted to demonstrate exactly what Ken Berk is talking about, because this is a fairly, fairly inside baseball kind of a search query. You, you do site colon, and then I typed in your, your domain, which is deepcrawl.com with no space here. And you can see that there are 13,000 results right here. And that is a pretty good indication of the number of indexed pages of a website. Is that correct, Ken Beck? Def definitely. Okay. So this is what this is what Ken Beck is referring to: the number of URLs, meaning the number of pages in Google's index. So not Google may have may index only a, for, a portion or a fraction of the total website, which is often the case. But this is the number that shows you how many pages of your website Google has put in its index. And to be fair, we only needed the minimum number. If they had 10, more 000. pages, okay, yeah. If they had even more uh, non-indexed pages, it was even better. Okay. But if they had 10K, then it was more enough for us. And the other pattern we have seen was that all of these companies who converted had actually their own dedicated SEO teams. They didn't only have like one SEO person, two SEO people, but they at least have, have like five, six people in their SEO teams. And even though we were unable to fit the companies by the number of people with the specific job titles, we were actually able to filter the companies by the size of their marketing team with ZoomInfo. However, it was possible back then. Last month, ZoomInfo launched their new feature, and now it is possible to target companies by job titles. But a year ago, it was not possible. So since it was not possible, we did, we did the first thing. And after analyzing almost like 2,000 companies in the U.S., which had at least 100 people in their marketing teams, we have found out that the ratio of SEOs in a uh, 100 people marketing team was around 8% on average. So eight. So there were eight. A team of eight SEOs. If the team was 100 marketing, there were eight SEOs. Yep. Okay. Uh, Interesting. But. The best case scenario for us was uh, a team with 10 people in their SEO team. So we actually increased that number to 120. And we came to the conclusion that if they had 120 people in their marketing teams, there's a big chance that at least 10 people in that team would be SEOs. And th there were two Swiss spots. And the other step, the second step, was to create a strategy to start this plan. First, uh, we have integrated Google Sheet with the Zoom Info with Zapier. And uh, with this integration, we were able to return 
all the employee sizes, marketing team sizes, locations, and industry data to Google Sheet once you type the uh, website URL. And since it was also connected with the uh, Google query, we are able to get the number of web pages. And with all of these data points, uh, we have created a weighted scoring system. Therefore, uh, we were able to score a company with five different data points. And the scoring system was out of 20 points. And the close one deals, the analysis of the close one deals uh, was showing that a company with more than 15 points will be three times more likely to convert. So can we, again, can we just recap those sure. five criteria just so I, I make sure that I've got it? The number of indexed pages greater than 10,000, a marketing yep. team that's at least 120, which you would assume then has an SEO team of 10, 10 plus. So those are three. What are the last two? There's location and uh, industry. Oh, okay. Location and industry. So you had this insight that taking all the traditional enrichment data that, that a lot of other companies do, the industry, the, the geolocation, certain job types, but then you layer on top, the secret sauce is you layered on top of that, the size of the site, the index pages. Um, I guess there's still, there's also a correlation because a, a large website would tend to need SEO more and, and have an SEO team. But did you see any cases where you'd still have a large marketing team, but a small website, or maybe you'd have a huge website, but a marketing team that was still too small? Of course, and those companies could still be a qualified prospects. But the idea of us while we were building this approach was to create our own ABM strategy. And back then we were uh, speaking with various ABM tools and okay, all of these ABM tools, Terminus, Rollworks, Demandbase, have their own value propositions and they all say different things. But once we realized that it was the uh, number of web pages, I thought, okay, maybe we could create our own ABM campaign or ABM machine, we call it machine, ABM machine in-house. And it was the first step. Uh, the second step was to understand which companies to target, not only to enrich the current companies or, or the ones that we already been generating, but how we could be able to find the most profitable companies. And for that, it, it first started with me exporting around 10,000 companies from Zoomifo, which, uh, which were in the North America, which had at least 1,000 employees and at least 120 people in their marketing teams. And once I exported that data, I uploaded those web uh, URLs on Google Sheet. And once we ran the query, actually out of those 10,000 companies, there were only like 250 companies, which scored more than 15. And even though a company with 11 or 12 out of 20 would be a qualified company, companies with more than 15 would be three times more likely. This is what data was showing. And of course, we like we didn't invest all of our marketing efforts or budget to this because there was no proof of concept. And we started allocating around 20% of the budget uh, for these campaigns. And I mean, Oh, also, yeah, I forgot. There were like 250 companies who, which scored more than 15, but also there were like only 35 companies who scored 20. And after I saw there were only 35 companies, it was obvious. It was the time for ABM. So I have actually started running dedicated 
ABM campaigns only on LinkedIn to see whether these companies would react, engage with us. And we have start create, started creating unique contents and unique landing pages specifically targeting these 35 companies. And then I have run some retargeting campaigns. So can, yeah, can, I, can I stop you for a quick second? Do you mean sure. that you created, what once you got down to a list, so there were, you went from thousands down to just 35 companies that were the perfect, perfect fits. Did you go as far as actually creating a, a landing page for a single company? Yes. Wow. Uh, landing okay. page, specific, specific banners, specific contents. One of those companies, Okay, probably I shouldn't be giving the name, but one of those companies are like a really good company in software e-commerce industry. And the contents that we created for them, they were like actually written by people who actually work on that company. And when I saw those contents, I was like, okay, this is powerful. And Wait, what, what exactly do you mean there? Did you take, for the content of the landing page, did you use some of the the written content that people in that company had published in other places? Actually, we started stalking these companies, their websites, and we started ru running some tests on our uh, own tool, DeepCrow. And I mean, it was obvious. Some companies had broken pages. Some companies had missing titles on their websites. And in the banners or in the contents, we were showing that, hey, company X, did you know that one of your pages had a broken link? And because of this link, you might be losing your traffic to your competitor. Why? It was so obvious. And okay. it was coming directly from their public website. And we actually showed them that we stopped them. And we were showing that we've been on your website. We analyzed it. This is not a lead gen campaign. This is a person-based marketing campaign. And we are here for you. And the engagement rates were amazing. Again, like, like the landing pages were also personalized. The banners were also personalized. And once they uh, land the landing page, even if they do not convert, we started to retarget them on YouTube, Google, Facebook, again, with specific contents and with unique banners. And while we were doing this, I actually team up with two STRs. We have a team of 10 STRs and I messaged them, we had a call, and I told them, okay, if you are going to be outbounding, please, for two months, try to outbound on these 35 companies. So it was like a, a two-way approach. While they were being targeted by inbound, they were also being targeted by outbound emails by STRs. And to be fair, I thought it was going to take at least a quarter, but it didn't even take that long. In two months, we were able to see them in our pipeline, and the pipeline value increased by around 2x in two months. Uh, and by the end of this quarter, we were able to see these companies were uh, acting faster uh, compared to other companies. And the MQL to SQL rate, the conversion rate to decreased by two weeks. SQL to sales approved opportunity rate uh, decreased like five days. And this only happened in two weeks. And after See, after seeing this success with the uh, pilot group, STRs actually, uh, we didn't need to convince STRs because I thought the biggest challenge for us uh, would be to convince STRs because they like uh, 
approaching as many as people possible because ma- mathematically it increases their chance to convert. But yeah. after seeing uh, the success, they actually by their own start to personalize their emails and they organically start to target our tier one companies. And again, the good thing is that the other important part was that since these companies had already known what their problems were uh, by our LinkedIn ads, we didn't have to spend time to prove the value of SEO or return on investment of SEO. They already knew. They were all already educated. Therefore, all of our cycles decrease. And after a quarter, this has become the company-wide approach. And we first increase the budget uh, from 20% to 40% in the second quarter and uh, in the third quarter it has it has actually increased by like 50% so now we are spending like 70% uh, of our all budget to target companies that score more than 15 in our UBI, uh, in our ICP yeah that's that's great um well, that, that's a that's an amazing case study of what was originally triggered by an insight. What you said was you got lucky, but I think you should give yourself more credit because there there was a real insight there, which is that the missing piece of this puzzle was the number of indexed pages. And once you plug that in, everything everything really started to work. And uh, I really love the, the hyper personalization of creating advertising assets, content assets, landing pages, all even for a single company that you wanted to go after. And I think that's, uh, yeah, doesn't get better actually, than that. At, at first, I had my suspicions and my CMO was pushing me because my CMO actually felt that there was something going on there. And she, she kept saying to me that check the number of web pages, check the number of web pages. And once I checked, it was there. She was right. And she has been a great person to show me the lead. I want to talk now about another big shift that we had discussed pre- previously, which is that you went from really going after one audience, which is about um, SEO folks to, to marketers. Can you describe the differences between an audience that you see as an SEO audience versus an audience of marketers and how they make their buying decision in a very different way? Sure. Uh, Deepcrawl has always been an SEO first company, SEO uh, first company. And I mean, if you are in the market for 10 years, of course, uh, you have have to be an SEO first company. But then what we realize is that actually Deepcrawl can offer more than can offer a tool that can be used more than only SEOs. And last year we launched our new product called Automation Hub which still was an SEO tool, but it was a developer-first product. And what it was doing was to monitor your SEO code before you go live. And if there's any problem in your line of SEO codes, it will immediately let you know either via Slack, Jira, or any tool that you are using. Yep, this is our guy. And this was a developer first tool and after we launched automation up we decided to expand our audience because to be fair the other product was analytics up and uh, with automation up we were becoming a more uh, comprehensive tool which can be used uh, by wider marketing teams 
And after we come to this, this we came to this decision. We have started running some uh, tests on our and uh, the first test we made was uh, to target the digital marketers, and then we have included growth marketers, growth directors, and we also start to target product managers. But product managers only in the retail industry because in retail website is basically your product. And what we start saying is that. We will make sure that your website will be technically sound and there won't be any problems. And after we decided that, we also realized that we actually needed to change the contents of, of our ads and we need to change our value propositions. Because, I mean, the problem with SEO is you cannot exactly show the potential return on investment. Uh, if you are going to be buying an ABM tool, or any other MarTech tool, the impact of return can be calculated more easily. But with SEO, it is like the orphan child of marketing because, okay, it will at the end of the day increase your organic traffic, but you cannot easily show that because maybe you made, made an ad to a billboard and that billboard is getting more visited because big people are seeing your ad and coming to your website. Uh, and again, a, Apart from other tools, the impact of SEO can be seen at least in like one and a half year. And most of the cases, marketeers and marketing leaders do not have that time. And especially if you are working in a scale up, you definitely don't have that time. So we needed to show some return investment to the marketers. And as a digital marketer, it is also applicable for me. Like if I see an ad, even if that tool is amazing, I first need to need to see the return investment. Otherwise, I get contacted by many companies. I get uh, messages from all of the people every day. And if you are going to spend the time, you need to make sure that that tool will work. So we have start to analyze our case studies and we start to think about what we can show from these case studies. Even though we were not able to show okay, your paid acquisition cost will decrease by 20% or your cost per acquisition will decrease by 50%. We were actually able to show other benefits, like, yeah, in terms of automation, hub, for instance. One of our case studies with Hein showed us that with Automation Hub, Hein was able to decrease their test, their time that they spent to test by 1,000 hours per in like six months. And then we did some reverse engineering what would be uh, the cost of a developer, then what would be their cost per hour, and if you say 1,000 hours, what would be the return on investment? And starting with this, we then tried some other ways, like, actually, they were like more, how should I say that? We actually embraced the fact that we cannot show the potential return on investment. However, we were able to show what can happen with the cost of acquisition. And it was obvious that paid channels are becoming more expensive. Everyone is uh, coming into the business. Everyone is giving us. And even it was, it was obvious for us too. Like now the money we are paying, the budget we are uh, allocating for LinkedIn is significantly higher than last year because now the competition is higher. So we started to use this topic when we target marketers, saying that paid channels are becoming more expensive and less efficient. It worked perfectly. 
because actually this this was the pain point all of the marketers all of the digital marketers knew that their page channels are getting more expensive because they were the ones who were making this and when we target the cmos we also had a similar content uh but our that time our main uh, topic was budget we and it was like we know that you are spending more and more of your budget for paid ads, but you keep getting the same number of uh, MQRs. You keep getting the same number of uh, results, but it shouldn't be like this. There is also another way. And since all of these people had the same problem, it worked perfectly with uh, marketing people. But on the other hand, SEO people, what we realized is that SEO people are more likely to be educated like they want to be educated they want to see the actual benefit of the product so when we are targeting the SEO people we kept using the features of our product what we what we can capable of how they can crawl their website how fast we are how reliable we are however again with automation up the other persona was product managers and to be fair I had experience with uh, experience with targeting people in marketing functions, but I didn't have any ex experience in targeting product managers. So it was like uh, a test and fail method. We first tried to use similar contents that we were using for SEO people. It didn't work. Then we start using similar contents that we use with digital marketers. It didn't work. And after a couple of unsuccessful attempts, we found the sweet spot. It was the website health. And like, as you might remember, I just told you that in retail product, the product is the website. And if we, uh, we realized that if you target product managers with their own product, with their health of the own product, it makes them curious because everyone thinks that their website is perfect. Everyone thinks that their website uh, is performing good. And First, our content was the website health, and we were targeting them with, okay, let's understand your website health. Then the next step was actually personalizing this content even more. It always works. Like if you uh, name some competitors, if you give some fear to those product managers, they are more likely to engage with your content. And Yeah, I think what you just said is very important, which is that it's fear. I mean, you're putting, you're actually trying to trigger a little bit of worry that, hey, maybe my site might not be perfect. Maybe it's not as good as I thought it was. Maybe this health check might find something that we missed. And, and uh, maybe if we do, we might realize we're losing a lot of traffic. We're losing money. And with e-commerce, especially and retail, um, I think there's the most direct correlation between having a traffic decline and, and seeing the immediate impact on revenue. Definitely, and imagine that if you are a product manager and if you see an ad saying that, okay, your website health might not be perfect, but also do you wonder what your competitors are doing? Because we were also able to crawl the other website. We were, all, we were also able to monitor the other websites and we were able to calculate their website health. And what we say is that, okay, we, we will not only uh, calculate your website health, but we will also calculate the website health of your competitors and we will show you what you can do. And it worked perfectly because it was a pain point. First, yeah. they, we create the curiosity. They want to understand what their website was doing, but also they want to know what their competitors were doing. And to be fair, 
it would make sense because at the end of the day you are not only competing by yourself you are also competing with your competitors and even if your website is like perfectly healthy if your uh, competitors uh, websites are more healthy then you need to get it better yeah well um this has been great Ken Beck. there's a lot of great insights that we've just covered here um is there some ad overall advice that you'd give to a website to an seo manager in terms of today's landscape for seo i mean is there something in particular now that technical seo uh, practitioners really need to watch out for more than they did in the past I mean what I can say is that it is never enough and it is something like you need to constantly optimize and it will never be perfect and even if you uh, create a perfect website probably if you don't uh, look after it it will get worse and worse in a month and maybe after a quarter, your website might not be even technically uh, sound. So it is a constant journey. And again, we believe that SEO has always been the orphan child of marketing. But in terms of the return investment, in terms of the long-term impact, SEO is the best friend. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Uh, that's a great insight to end with. Well, I uh, wish you all the best with, with DeepCrawl. And those of you who don't know DeepCrawl, it's really an amazing tool if SEO is important to you. And DeepCrawl is pretty much a must-have, I think. So thank you very much for the time, Ken Beck. And it was a real pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for having me, Paris. Another great episode in the books. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get notified when future episodes drop, be sure to subscribe to Paris Talks Marketing on your favorite podcast player. And to learn more about our growth marketing agency, visit hop.online. That's hop, H-O-P dot online. Have a great day.